Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cinema Nerd Presents Made in the 90s. My name is Kyle Woods. I'm here with my buddy Dylan Shore, and we are going to talk about the River Wild. Dylan, have you ever been whitewater rafting? No. <laughs> it looks so dangerous. It looks crazy dangerous. <laughs> uh, I'm a man. big guy, man. That, I don't think it's meant for big dudes. I feel like that makes it more dangerous. <laughs> like if you were a very live little so man. Much on one side. <laughs> I'm just thinking like a little tiny guy is going to have a better chance of slipping through the rocks. Yeah, totally. Like an Absolutely. eel. Mm-hmm. Yep. Have uh, you been whitewater rafting? I have never been whitewater rafting. I've been like two rafting. rooms down lazy rivers, and that's yeah. so much fun. Yeah, I've done that too. <laughs> <laughs> One time, the river went a little faster. That's what I'm bringing to the table. Okay. <laughs> Uh, before we unpack all of our extreme sports experiences, should we talk about some other films? Are you watching other forms of entertainment? Yes, sir. I got three movies and a two-episode docu-series. Okay. What do you okay. Lay it on me. Let's see. Where do I start? Let's do the docu-series real quick. It was the What Happened, Brittany Murphy, her documentary. Oh. Okay. Uh, man. It is heartbreaking and so sad. And if this documentary has truth to it, then her husband, Simon Monjack, was a terrible, terrible person who lied to her completely about his life and had like kids on the side. And dude, it's fucking crazy. I feel so bad for her and her mom. Whoa. So it wasn't toxic mold. No, 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 no. Uh, the, they even interview the coroner in the documentary and saying, yeah, there, there was mold in the house, like around some paintings and stuff. But when I took samples of her lungs, no mold at all. You can physically, uh, physically see mold spores like in the lungs. That's and, the grossest thing I've learned all week. Yeah, uh, she, uh, she died from uh, anemia and uh, uh, pneumonia. And uh, we all suffered for it, but none, I'm sure, as much as her family, man. That's really mm -hmm. a tragedy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I do recommend watching that doc. I thought it was actually pretty good. Right on. Um, okay, and then I watched the Netflix movie starring Jake Gyllenhaal, directed uh, by Antoine Fuqua. I, think. I, love a, I love a Fuqua joint. A Fuqua joint. Well, then you should watch The Guilty because it is... Like, it's a solid hour and a half, just like, oh, fuck, what's going to happen? This is great. Jake Gyllenhaal is one of the best actors ever. And this story's a little, like, a ridiculous in certain points. Like, the weakest part is the script. But it's Gyllenhaal for the whole movie. And, right on. and yeah, they never leave the police station. So it's just like, okay. oh, how are they going to keep moving forward with this? And they fucking do it solidly. Like, it, it compels you throughout it. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Fuqua is the king of getting good actors to develop or to deliver solid movies. You know, they're never going to be great, but man, are they just always going to be pretty damn watchable. Yeah. I think you'll dig on it. And it's right got on. a good voice cast because like, like he's mainly interacting people, uh, interacting with people over the phone. Sure. And it's like, 
uh, Riley Koff, Paul Dano, uh, Peter Scar, uh, Sarsgaard, Skarsgaard, Sarsgaard or Skarsgaard, Skarsgaard. Sparslarb, Sparslarb. I think is how they pronounce it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, fun movie. Watch that. Right on. Yeah, definitely will. Uh, then I watched a movie called Columbus, this great little indie movie from 2017 uh, with John Cho. And okay. I'm on the main girl's name, but she was in like The Edge of 17, uh, not Haley Seinfeld, uh, one of the other girls. Oh, I'm blanking on her name right now. But I'm a uh, big fan of John Cho, so would give that a go just on. Yeah, you ads. should. It's, a beautiful movie about uh he his father is like a architectural professor in uh uh across seas and he comes to uh columbus indiana which has like a big architecture thing there and he ends up uh in the hospital while while he's there and his son john cho has to come to indiana to be with him at the hospital and he meets this young woman who's into architecture and they just like walk around the city and talk about life and architecture and Rory Culkin's uh even in it and it's really good uh yeah just a solid great drama that sounds very Dylan forward yeah uh, the way it was pitched to me goes uh my buddy goes Dylan I think I just saw a movie that you would direct (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, oh, sweet, I got to watch this. <laughs> yeah, if you told me that you were pitching this movie to me, I'd been like, yeah, so when when do you shoot? What's the... Fuck yeah, <laughs> that's too funny you said that. <laughs> right on. Anything else? Um, Yes, one more. One more. Tell me it. A movie called Mogul Mowgli, which is Riz Ahmed's new movie. Yeah. And- if you watch the trailer, you'll be like, oh, this looks a lot like Sound of Metal, the one he did for Amazon last year and got nominated for. Mm-hmm. But it's really not. And it's a completely different movie. I just hope that trailer doesn't deter people being like, oh, I already saw him in this kind of movie. It's complete opposite. They're complete opposites of each other. Sure. And this one's about a um, British-born Pakistani guy who's a rapper, and an up-and-coming rapper. He's got some notoriety. And he starts to fall ill and has like an immune uh, autoimmune disease, but it's like about him finding his culture again because he doesn't quite know where he fits in in the world. He's Brit- uh, British born Paki that lives in the United States, but is that now might not be a phrase we want to use uh, in conversation. Uh, sorry, I'm just referencing what he says in the movie. Right on. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's like I can say the M word because even though I'm a white person, I'm a migrant. <laughs> that I said the M word. Can if I come in? Sorry, the M word. The M word. Um, well, sorry, didn't know if that was bad, but uh, yeah, no, that's definitely not a, a fun phrase to use in uh, polite conversation. Pretty rude. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, I um, benefit from being a migrant in this instance because that movie has been around for probably more than a year on this side of the pond. So it's been a while since I've seen it, but I was impressed with it. I really liked it a lot. And Riz Ahmed is, you know, he just continues to deliver performances. He wrote it too, uh, co wrote. 
He's, he's uh, someone to watch, man. Well, sorry. didn't mean to offend anyone. <laughs> We're doing the best we can, guys. Yep. Um, and that's it for me. Right on. Well, speaking of offending people, I watched Serendipity. Nice. I, I kind of like that movie. I actually really liked it, man. Yeah, fucking Cusack, uh, Kate Beckinsale, Jeremy Piven. Okay, <laughs> I want to pivot to Piven because I actually think his energy is really perfect for this movie and rom-coms in particular. I was like, he's working. It's great. Uh, also, the device just like can't be ignored. It's too delightful i you know it's coming it's projected from the moment the movie starts and then when you get there you're like of course open the book see her name yay yep it's there you got the book now you can go on a date that's serendipitous isn't it i liked it it, man i really did i was it kind of took me by surprise yeah i dig on it too (laughs) do you dig three men and the baby (laughs) i've never actually seen it all the way through I was not a fan of that movie, honestly. Yeah, I don't know if I need to. And from what you're saying, I don't think I do. I don't think any of the sort of, you know, they went through a streak of remaking these French kind of follies. And I don't think any of them work. Like that's where Look Who's Talking came from. And also Gerard Jeffardu's whole American career in the 90s. But there's a, another one really famously. Oh, um... Uh, I don't have it. Anyways, this one doesn't work. I just, I don't have much more to say about that. (laughs) Speaking of movies, I don't have a ton to say about. I watched the Stuart's Little. You watched uh, both of them? Uh Uh-huh. I like the first one a lot. I don't really remember the second one. That's basically where I ended up also, even though it was two days ago. I just sort of wish the humans, you know, it's uh, Gina Davis and uh, yeah. Hugh Laurie. Yeah. I wish they were in it more because it's Gina Davis and Hugh Laurie. Yeah. But that's uh, the- there is a story that came out like last year, I think, about um, this like art collector or just a guy that knows a shit ton about art that was watching Stuart Little with his kid and that painting that's in their living room. Uh, he goes, what the that's a so-and-so something something right it's a lost masterpiece right yeah tracked down the prop house and found it they like they bought it for like ten dollars at some random vintage store or some shit and now it's like a in a big collector's piece or something let that be a lesson to you folks buy every painting you ever see (laughs) Uh, i don't know about that one yeah it's uh those movies are fine prepped a little bit of Joe Mazzello, who we'll get to here, but I watched Radio Flyer for the first time since I was eight. Nice, yeah, it's been a minute. It's just as devastating. It's, I, bet. <laughs> I mean, that movie, in a very literal sense, does not pull any punches. I mean, from like the first scene, you're just like, God damn it, so we're just punching kids, huh? Damn. And it goes on like that for about 90 minutes. And... For about 90 minutes, man. What a... a... Baby Elijah Wood too. It's it's a good one. It is John a good Hurt, one. Right? John. Hurt? Yeah. Uh, uh, no, it's uh, Animal Mother from Apocalypse. No, uh, sorry, Full Metal Jacket. What actor is that? I don't remember. 
I would have to look up his name. I guess Animal Mother is only very meaningful. Yeah, he's the blonde dude who, when they first meet him in the, he's in the helicopter shooting innocent people in the fields. And he's like, anybody who runs is uh, Uh well-disciplined or however that line goes. Huh, okay. It's smart casting to make him the man who beats up children for 90 minutes because he's just like, hey, don't like your face, sir. <laughs> and then the last one I'll talk about is the Lincoln lawyer. Also, um, it's Tom Hanks is maybe who you're thinking of in the wraparound, like as the narration and the uh, adult Elijah Wood. Oh, okay, yeah, I don't even remember that. Yeah, I, I did not remember that either. My memory was completely focused on the traumatic beatings. Hmm. I kind of want to rewatch it now. It's it's very sweet, you know what I mean? But it's so pat in the way that so many 90s movies are. I think we'll talk about that a little bit more here. Where, well, because I want to talk about the career of Joe Mazzello. And maybe I can skip talking about The Lincoln Lawyer which I liked. I love legal dramas. That's all I have to say about the Lincoln Oh, yeah, Lawyer. yeah, that's a, that's a fun one. I've only seen that one once in theaters, but I always enjoyed it. I liked it a lot. Um, but let's jump into this thing because I want to talk about, yeah, Joe Mazzello and kind of the career that he had outside of Jurassic Park because the other movie that I really remember him for is The Cure. Did you see that one? No. Which one's that? It's Devin Sawa and Joe Mazzello, and it's an AIDS drama. No, it's Brad Renfro. Brad Renfro. Forgive me, Devin Sawa and Brad Renfro. Um, I do, I, I don't remember this movie, but I remember this cover. Uh, so he had this kind of run as like, you know, skinny kid that uh, falls victim to some harsh, harsh situation. And he's shockingly not, he's not the kid from The Client, right? That's a different kid. That's Brad Renfro. No, no, but the younger one, the one that goes mute. Oh, no, no, no. I don't think that's Joe. Right. I don't think it is either. But there was sort of something in the air in these mid-early 90s movies where there was a skinny, sickly kid and it's being treated with this like gloss, you know, and it's prestige instead of gritty. Mm-hmm. And this movie has a similar thing going for it where it's this really nice, tidy thriller that all of a sudden becomes a prestige movie because it's Meryl fucking Streep and David Damstreet third. Mm-hmm. And Kev, I mean, the cast is incredible. We'll get, we'll get around to it. That's but good. It's so 90s in its construction of like, is Hell this like yeah. a throwaway thriller or are we trying to win fucking Oscars here, folks? What is this thing? um yeah river wild is a bag like it's a mixed bag there's a lot it's an action adventure that's what i'm calling it it's not a thriller (laughs) because you know where this ending is going but i i think where it really succeeds at points is kevin bacon and his so creepy his performance is pretty solid in here yeah 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 like when he's he raises out of the water all slowly (laughs) Um, trying to decide whether he's a pure psychopath or he's just in over his head brings this a little bit of psychological tension. If it was just kind of beat for beat, we got to get down the river. Now the gun got knocked away. You know, 
then it would be kind of an action adventure. But I think we're in the, uh, like a, it wants to be in a bit of a taut mental zone, whether it actually achieves that. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I, I see what you're saying, but still when I'm just watching it because the script is weak, I'm just viewing it as an adventure movie. There's nothing else for me to attach to other than that. This is just a fun, ridiculous movie, but uh, yeah, so I th- that is the weakest thing about it is the script. The script is just riddled with fucking cheesy, cheesy dialogue. And but it's also got like like great moments. I like the stuff with Meryl Streep and her dad and I, that leads into all of the sign language that they do. Speaking of like a 90s trope that was just alive and well that disappeared pretty readily. I'm thinking of, I'm looking at you, Mr. Holland's opus. Um, <laughs> one of the lines where I think it does both of those things really well is uh, early on when they rescue the guys and Kevin Bacon's like, you didn't have to hit me though. And David Sathurn gives them the, yes, yeah. I did. Yes, I did. It's a great performance. It's telling us where the movie is going and it's like schlocky and it's David Sathurn actually giving a performance. It's landing both of those notes for me, you know? Uh, <laughs> when uh, Benjamin Bratt comes into play for the first time and uh, uh, he's like, uh, drop the, someone drop a camera, gives it to the little boy. Uh, <laughs> and then he, it literally shows him like just going around a corner that is like 20 feet away from them. And Kevin Bacon, or yeah, maybe no, it's, it's like, John C. Riley starts Riley screaming, screaming and pushing David Strathairn, and then Kevin Bacon breaks the camera. I'm like, sound travels, right? Sound, especially out there, sound travels. You guys aren't on the rapids yet. This is a nice still part of yeah. the river. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, he also like I brought up earlier when he come, Kevin Bacon's coming up out of the water. That's after he's just throwing away bullets for some reason. Uh-huh. I guess yeah. to reload the pistol. I have no idea. Uh, maybe that's what he was doing. But... I mean, that, that is like observably what he was doing. It, I don't know. I, I think there is another weak point that might need to be discussed here, and it's the direction. Because it, it should be thrilling the whole way it's white water rapids there's a gun all of these actors are actually pretty dialed in and then a lot of it it just looks like they can't move this boat because it's hard to do and they're really that all of the performers deserve credit for fucking white water rafting they all did their uh their stunts Sometimes it's just a big, dumb, flat object spinning in a circle, and we're shooting it at a wide from a cliff, like 30 feet away, and there's no tension to that where, and, you know, it's a technology thing, blah, blah, blah. That's why I think it's an adventure. It's showing you the landscape more than being with the tension. Those shots you know there's tension in the boat. Yeah, yeah, and those landscape shots are really gorgeous throughout the photography. Even, you know, yeah, it, it's a good looking movie for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole time I'm watching it, though, I'm like, this is a. It could be 
a immersive universal studio ride <laughs> yeah like or make it a part of the studio tour or something like you're driving along for like a half mile stretch of like a built-in water thing and you're watching the people on the the rapids and there's fucking like the drama you just see the drama unfolding in that last final scene kind of thing that would be so sick <laughs> it would be an excellent ride <laughs> it's too bad this movie didn't have more of an imprint because i want to ride the ride mm-hmm. it they so the, the people speculate it failed at the box office because they pushed it um from a summer release to a fall release because they wanted to avoid forrest gump and true lies i hmm. i bet it would have done well during the summer I think it would have maybe just as not quite counter programming, but between those three movies, there's space for that because True Lies is a very different action movie. And, you know, Forrest Gump is like, all right, the whole family's out and we got to take grandma to the Cineplex, but dad's pissed off about it. So he's going to watch River Wild. Done. <laughs> yeah, that does feel like a mistake. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Uh... Meryl Streep almost died. Uh, she was exhausted. And Curtis Hansen asked her to shoot one more scene. And she like was like trying to tell him, like, can't do this. And he's like, eventually got her to do it. Hmm. And uh, she got swept off the raft and was drowning. And But then someone like caught up to her and rescued her. And uh, when she got back to like where Hansen was, uh, she was like, in the future, when I say I can't do something, I think we should believe me. And he goes, I think we should. <laughs> yeah, because you could have ended up like, I don't know, John Landis, isn't he the one who killed all those people in a helicopter? Or um, Twilight Zone? Yeah, or the, yeah, whatever. Um, long Landis? tradition of, was it Landis? I, sorry, I don't want to smear anybody who didn't kill three people in a helicopter when he was advised not to do that whatever whoever was doing the twilight zone movie was it lassiter is that it hold on i'm gonna i'm gonna google it let's uh, make sure we're savaging the right person i guess it deserves to be said man it's not fucking worth doing and this could have been the movie where meryl streep died instead of going on to you know countless oscar nominations and being a living legend of screen and society Yes, I am pretty sure because there's like four directors on that movie. Right. It was the segment. So don't. Hey, Dylan, next time you shoot a movie about people appreciating architecture and walking around a city, don't like drive a car at it. Or, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't need to do that. Cool. 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 Yeah. uh carrie fisher was an uncredited script doctor on the movie all right did not make it any better (laughs) is that her her take on it she was like yeah they paid me and uh what could she have done like i guess i wonder if like she the relationship stuff stuff that i like yeah (laughs) i think yeah i think the once you get Meryl Streep involved and or I think if it's just David Strathern and you know insert I I don't you know who actress would be but David Strathern can just be in 
the born supremacy or whichever one of those movies he's in and be forgettable but once Meryl Streep is in this movie there has to be a reason for Meryl Streep to be in this movie and he can hold up to her in scenes but it's not just that she's a whitewater rafter who used to bang Benjamin Bratt when he was underage she has to have a personality and a conflict and that's why the the divorce stuff is you know it, it really helps the arc for Strathairn and then sometimes I feel like I'm watching a different movie. Hmm. Hmm. Yes. They're, they're all good enough that they're, they're making it work, but they really got to put their shoulders in it to get that to stick together. <clears throat> Pardon me. Uh, just a shout out to um, William Lucking, who passed away last month and is Frank in this movie. Yeah. Um, speaking of performers and performances, to round that out a little bit, I also love the game that John C. Riley and Joe Mazzello end up in where Riley's kind of reverting like, man, I didn't want to come along with this dude. He's going to shoot me too. And the kid's just like, fuck you, bro. I don't care about your problems. Stop talking to me. You kidnapped my family. I did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you still went along with it, guy. Right. You're the bad guy. We are not friends. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, this movie's a lot of fun for me. I think it's actually a pretty easy watch. It's, it's not, a blast. It, it, it just floats on by. Yeah, floats on by. It could probably be a little shorter. That, it could be a little tighter, but it, again, it doesn't have to be because even the stuff that's meandering is like, oh, look, it's beautifully shot. And it's yeah, 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 yeah. a great actor actually that's committed true. to it. I actually it. do like the, the beginning of it once they get on the water and they take off before uh kevin bacon takes off before meryl streep and then they then you cut back to meryl streep going down the river and then they're on the side getting hurt like i just like the way they all kind of crisscross with each other before they fully come together yeah and that reveal is nice too when you get the kind of it's not quite a whip pan but it definitely covers some ground and Uh reveals them behind there you know what else i like that uh, a dog is the hero of this movie. Yes, uh, they keep calling her Maggie throughout the whole movie, and then when that dog jumps off the cliff, it has a big old set of balls. <laughs> oh, Maggie! Yeah, <laughs> Maggie can have balls. I Maggie can uh, have balls, but it's just like, why not get a female dog to do it? Yeah, or call the dog Rufus. <laughs> Maybe they, I mean, uh, honestly, maybe they were, you, it looked like a female dog throughout the whole thing, but maybe for the jump, that dog could just not do it. Yeah, so, I suppose. I Have you ever seen before. those competitions on like ESPN, the Ocho, where they make dogs jump off the dock really far? No. Yeah, they take like hunting they dogs. Something and they yeah. Or they jump. Maybe I have seen something like that. Betting it's one of them puppers one of them puppers the only Uh, other thing i have about this movie is really early on when they're describing the gauntlet do you remember the phrase that she used where she's like it's it's five clauses clapses clip yeah yeah yeah. it's okay whatever the unit it's five plus like she says it's five plus something that means no one can do it she says it's five plus she's i thought she said it's five and then a unit of measurement and then said that's off the scale and i was like well then why does it have a number 
but maybe yeah, she said maybe five, five plus. plus. That makes I think more she sense. Says five plus. It's off the scale, yeah. <laughs> but it reminds me of the like the Fujita stuff, you know, the F five and Twister, and mm. like, circling back to the very beginning of this thing is just the the nineties. One of the things I love about nineties movies is like exploiting a subculture and trying to take one piece of the lingo and make a summer blockbuster action movie uh-huh. out of it. I, but the thing about Twister, the Fujita scale, none of them, do you know what the Fujita scale is? It's yeah. it, it's the, the afterwards of the destruction and you go and take measurements of how it came in. That The first guy to do that, his name was Fujita, something Fujita. And they don't show them do that at all in Twister. They just show them drive through the destruction. Because they've done it so many times, they can they don't need to do it to the mass of the scale. They, they gotcha. know. Although that's true. When they're driving through the town, they're like, they know it was a, a F5. So it's like they, there's like, there's no need to take measurements because we know. <laughs> I actually do have one more thing here. You asked me to keep track of the slaps and I did, but maybe I missed a few. What was the number oh, that you came to? Three, he slaps three out of the four leads. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. That's he phenomenal. Slaps, he slaps Rourke. He slaps David Strathairn and he slaps John C. Riley. He never slaps Meryl Streep. <laughs> No, you don't slap Meryl Streep, yeah, sir. You don't slap Meryl. Only Dustin Hoffman does. Uh, and when Kramer he does, Street. she gets an Oscar for it. So she won for that. Speaking of Meryl Streep and three of four of the cast, or some number thereof, let's play some games, fella. Are you ready? Yes. <clears throat> okay. This first game is the Meryl Streep Oscar game because we got to talk about her status. It's unavoidable. Yeah. What I'm going to ask you is the number of Meryl Streep's Oscar wins greater than, less than, or equal to the number of Oscar nominations for the rest of the cast in the River Wild. This is Meryl versus the field. Oscar wins versus Oscar nominations. Who has more? Okay, so the rest of the cast are nominations to her wins. Exactly. Okay. I'm ready for this. What do you got? Who do you think coming out on top of that battle? Uh, um, well, Meryl has four wins? No. Three wins. She has three wins. That's actually Three wins. So... I don't think I don't think Kevin Bacon's been nominated at all. Okay. David Strathairn might have been mm. nominated for Good Night and Good Luck, I think. Wow, you're dialing in on something. Um John C. Riley has not been nominated. Okay. Has he? No, I don't think he has. Okay. <laughs> I want to insert really bad kind of go, go. Do, do, do music for you. Mm-hmm. Um, it is three to two. John C. Riley has been nominated for Chicago. Ah, uh, of course. And Strathairn for Good Night and Good Luck. Uh, yeah, I got John C. Riley. 
you were I I thought you were gonna dial that in, man. You were close. I honestly forgot he was in Chicago, but he's great in that movie. Um, he's great in every movie. Should I maybe we should just talk a little bit about John C. Riley because he hasn't gotten his due yet. That dude is so good at acting, and okay. he's really good in this movie. I was trying to think of. Do you think there's anybody else who can do like? There's the sort of classic reduction of oh comics can generally do drama but you know serious actors have a hard time with comedy he's the like distillation of that he is one of the funniest motherfuckers on the planet and when he gives a dramatic turn he is legitimately oscar worthy he's so okay. good and i think he's you know he's got a a, a big old uh, baseball mitt silly face so maybe we don't take him as seriously as we should, but in like 20 years when he plays that old man role, I think... Uh, I'd take him seriously. I think he's a great dramatic actor. I do too. I mean, I love him, but uh, I, I think he's, at some point, he's got to cash in at like a, a Lifetime Achievement Oscar because he's so... You know, and you know, uh, whatever. John C. Riley's real good at acting. Uh, Meryl okay. Streep won for Kramer versus Kramer. She won for Sophie's Choice and she won for The Iron Lady most recently. Yes. Do you know how many nominations she has? Like 10? 21. 21. She's basically been nominated for uh, best, for lead or supporting kind of almost every other year. There's a few like two years and then two years off or whatever, but that's crazy. It's uh, an institution that demands acknowledgement. So that's the Meryl Streep Oscar game. Are you ready for the IMDb David Strathair greater than, less than, or equal to game? I don't know what this is called. <clears throat> well, you need a title. <laughs> Pardon me, sorry. Um, the uh, title is greater than, less than, or equal to Strathair Dimby. Hmm. Okay. This is how it's played. I'm going to give you a number, or sorry, I'm going to give you a movie, and you're going to tell me if that movie's running time in minutes is greater than, less than, or equal to the number of credits that David Strathairn has on his IMDb page. Okay. 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 David Strathairn is one of those guys that's in a lot of movies. You definitely uh -huh. recognize his face. He's a that guy. <clears throat> An Oscar-nominated that guy. It's that in a guy. lot of films. Yeah. So to make this fun, I'm only going to give you films that David Strathairn is in, and you're going to tell me if the runtime of that movie in minutes is greater than, less than, or equal to the number of credits on his IMDb page. Okay. Ready? Yes. Let's start with The Firm. The Firm is, ooh. That's like a two and a half hour movie, right? Oh shit, it's been a while for The Firm. I'm gonna say equal. That is incorrect. <clears throat> I'm so sorry, guys. The Firm is greater than. Oh, how long is The Firm? I don't know. I don't want to know if I want to give it away just yet. <laughs> okay. 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 How about A League of Their Own? Uh, under. It is under. That's correct. What about Lincoln? 
Greater. Greater. Godzilla King of Monsters. Is that the new one? That's the most recent one. Uh, under. It is under. How about the Oscar winning Good Night and Good Luck? Under. It is under. Good Night and Good Luck is uh, a tidy hour. hour movie. Yeah, it's an hour 45. It's a, I love that movie. Okay, here's the last one. L.A. Confidential. Con- Speaking of our director in residence. Curtis motherfucking Hansen. Um, well, that movie is like 210. So I'm going to say equal. They are equal. Yes. LA Confidential clocks in at 138 minutes long. And David's the third is currently credited with 138 titles that he has appeared in on IMDb. Brilliant. Okay. Do you want to play one more game? Let's do it. You want to play? <clears throat> are you any good at Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon? Uh, I like playing it. i don't know if i'm good i feel like it's a pretty impossible game so um i mean let's try come on give me give me give me someone who am i trying to connect to kevin bacon okay so the deal with this game specifically is it's the six degrees of two stepping with kevin bacon so you're you have to get to somebody else that's in a dance movie so number one is Channing Tatum. Can you get from Kevin Bacon to Channing Tatum? Uh, because like it. So gotcha. You you start with someone that's in a dance movie, and you got to end with Kevin Bacon, who's in a dance movie. You have to end with Channing Tatum. Yeah, you have to get from one end to the other. Yeah, because right. exactly, they're in a dance movie. Each of these gentlemen in a dance movie, and they are connected to each other through a few degrees. Okay. Okay. So, Channing Tatum is in Step Up. He's also in Step Up, too, but I'm going to go with Step Up. That's a wise decision. <laughs> um, who uh, is in it with... Um, I don't even know if I should choose her because she hasn't done much. Um um okay but here's how okay so okay okay hold on on. okay channing tatum was in step up with jenna dewan uh yeah jenna dewan okay in uh 10 years with uh who do i need to pick from 10 years (laughs) i need to pick from 10 years um who was in i i'm gonna give you a little bit more rope but if you can't pull this off in another move or two we're gonna play the reverse version of the game okay um um who okay uh, so 10 years gender one who was in it with rosario dawson okay who what am i at right now four you, no 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 you're only at like two right now because oh, uh, jenna dewan and rosario yeah um 
Um, and time's up. Okay. Oh, okay. Damn it. I can do it. <laughs> if you if you sort out that first one, we'll come back around to it in the end. But we'll move on to question two right now. So okay. he, the way the easy version of the game works is you just have to name the dance movie, and I'm going to give you the pathway. Ready? Okay. Kevin Bacon appears in JFK with Tommy Lee Jones, who is in The Mechanic Resurrection with Jessica Alba. What's the name of her 2003 dance story? Uh, Funny. Yeah. You know who else is in that movie? Um, Lil Romeo. And Missy Elliott. And Missy Elliott, yes. Yeah. Fucking right. Okay. Uh, okay, keep going. Back to JFK, and this time Donald Sutherland, who is in Fool's Gold with Matthew McConaughey. Also in the Soda Wait, say Bird. It again. Say it again. Matt, uh, we go from JFK with Donald Sutherland uh-huh. to Fool's Gold with Matthew McConaughey. Are you there? Yes. What's that movie? Fool's Gold. Uh, uh, wait. Wait. What's, what's the dance flick with, my, with Matthew McConaughey? Oh, oh. You were saying Donald Sutherland. I'm like, he's in a dance movie. <laughs> yeah, it's called Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yeah, buddy, that uh, body gets snatched. Uh, Magic Mike. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, that's yeah. the one. Okay, you might not remember Kevin Bacon in X Men First Class. You probably remember that. I do not, but apparently he was in that movie. He's the bad guy. Rebecca Romaine was also in that movie. And she is also in another comic book movie, which was The Punisher. And the villain of that movie is John Travolta. What movie is he famous for dancing in? Uh, so, uh, <laughs> my head was going to the sequel, uh, <laughs> Saturday Night Fever. <laughs> I was like, Damn, I was what's, what's the sequel alive? called? You know. No, not the one where he dances. The next one where he dances. <laughs> um, uh, Have you <laughs> seen Picture Perfect? Uh, Paul Rudd and... No, uh, Jennifer Aniston, though. No, wait. Not that one? No, no. This is Ferranta here. Yeah, nobody oh, ever oh. heard of this movie, but apparently it existed. And uh, Ferranta here was in Anywhere with Natalie Portman, who stars in Aronofsky's dance ballet, psycho thriller. Say it, Dylan, say it. I don't, it's getting jumbled in my head. Say it again. Okay, sorry, I will slow down. Um, Kevin Bacon was in a movie called Picture Perfect with Ferranta here, right? Ferranta here is in Anywhere with Natalie Portman. And Natalie Portman star starred in Darren Aronofsky's ballet. Oh, like Black Swan. There it is. Sorry, I missed Aronofsky completely. I just heard Anywhere But Here, and I'm like, what? Mm. 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 Black Swan, baby. Stuck in the past. Okay. Um, stuck in the past. <laughs> obviously, Dylan, you're stuck in the past. Yes. Where the Truth Lies also had Maury Chicane in it. 
Did you know he was in Devil in the Blue Dress along with Jennifer Beals, who is famous for getting a bucket of water poured on her in which 80s icon of dance cinema? Flash dance. He's on the board. Have you ever seen Cave Dweller? No. We need to talk about Kevin Bacon because he's been in some movies. Like he's just this side of doing, you know, a, a Cusack or a, a Willis and going full red box, man. There's a bunch of these movies, especially in the last 10 years, where you're just like, what is this? <clears throat> I'm worried about him, man. I think, I think, I think I have the other one. I left off with Rosario. Oh, shit. I think. Pull it off. Do it, do okay. it. Yeah, no, I do. Oh, my God. Yes. Okay, so Jenna Dewan to Rosario. To uh, Rosario was in Men in Black 2 with Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones was in JFK with Kevin Bacon. <laughs> there it is, folks. <laughs> Six degrees of two-stepping with our friend Dylan Shore. That one took a minute because that, that's a hard one. That's that impressive, was- man. I'm going to call it a game right there because it don't get better than that.